The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcasts. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta, and oh my God, over here with a special guest. He is former Mississippi State Bulldog and 2021 MLB All-Star. Is that good? You tell me. He is a member of the San Diego Padres. It is my pleasure to welcome Adam Frazier to the Official Unofficial Podcast. How are we doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. And and I'll just give people a background on how this happened because people are like, Johnny, how do you pull this shit off? How do you get Frazier? How do you get Musgrove? How do you get all these guys in the pod? I'll give you, I'll give the people background. So I was with Luplo last Monday. We, uh, he, he landed, we were watching the night football. I think we went for dinner and I, I got after it. I'll be honest. I showed up to work two hours of sleep on the Monday, but that's besides the fact I was a little bit drunk. I had a couple beers and we FaceTime Musgrove humble brag. And Frazier's there. And the thing about Musgrove is Musgrove said it so casually. He's like, I'm just with Frazier. And I was like, Adam Frazier? And I don't remember that much of the conversation. So what did I say specifically in the conversation? Because I think I said something about risking my lung to get you on the show. Yeah, I think you said you would give away your sister uh, to get me on the show. Something like that. That's a great one. That's a great line. (laughs) Holy shit. That's a powerful uh, yeah, it was something like that, but it was great. It was uh, yeah, unexpected. wasn't expecting to get uh, invited on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, you and Luke like you had a good time. So I wish we could have joined y'all for that. Yeah, no, it was. We'll we'll do it in in the off season. We'll get something going here. Obviously, I'm in Toronto, but I'll fly down. You you send me that text. You send me just the airplane text. I'll be on the first flight wherever the boys are going to be. But I wanted to bring this up because I'm a big Musgrove guy. Everyone roasts me. I, I Everyone says I, I always say good things about Musgrove, which you have to. What did Musgrove say? Did he help sell the podcast to you? What did he say specifically? And if he didn't, that's fine. But did he say something to you? No, yeah, he definitely sold it a little bit. He's like, Johnny's awesome. It's uh, it's fun and, you know, easy going podcast. So he was like, get on there. It'd be a good time. And I was like, yeah, no problem. That's yeah, just he, all. He said, he said you're, you're his boy. So, um if you're his boy, you're my boy. So there it is. And honestly, that might be something. Just those words that you just said, someone put that on my gravestone. Adam Frazier, if you're Musgrove's boy, you're my boy, Johnny Junta. But anyways, man, I got I wanted to go into a couple things. Uh, the first thing I wanted to discuss was Mississippi State. And for the people listening, 
we're a heavy American podcast, so it's not really much of an accent. But to me, you have an incredible accent, something that I kind of mimic and wish that I had someday. But I wanted to go into Mississippi State, man. I mean, what was your time like there? I don't know. Is it a party school? Like, what's the deal with Mississippi State? Um, I would not say it's a party school, no. I mean, I grew up just outside of Athens, Georgia. So that would be considered to me the party. Um, but Mississippi State's just in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi, small town of Starkville. And uh, all it is is a baseball school, really. I mean, if you if you get online and check out the uh, the stadium, the fans, the tradition and everything, or if you saw Mississippi State and Omaha this past year, you kind of could see the support system that we had there. So uh, that's why I went there is to play ball. And, uh, you know, I'm glad it happened. And I'll be honest with you. We had Bednar on the podcast, who's both of our guy. It, and I got to break, I got to ask you this. Is his brother just a, like, I'm assuming his brother will never have to pay for a drink in Mississippi ever again. Is that what the case is there? Yeah. yeah no, he's a legend, instant legend. I mean, that dude drug his sack down the mountain on three days rest and no hit Vanderbilt in a, you know, a national championship deciding game. I mean, if, if somebody makes him pay, that's, that's on them. They should, uh, <laughs> they should take a lap for that. Cause I mean, that guy's awesome. Dude, I, I and I, I saw the stories, and I used to. I, I wasn't a big college baseball guy because I went to JUCO, and obviously that that's not massively televised. And I hit 168. But his brother and Bednar is such a humble dude. You would just have no idea that Bednar is nasty. What was it like playing with Beds? I mean, he's a massive Pittsburgh guy through and through, loved by the fans. He just soaks it all up, and obviously he was electric on this podcast. So what was it like being teammates with him? It was a lot of fun. Uh, he's great. He uh, doesn't take himself too seriously, and he loves getting shit talked by the boys. So uh, he's fun to be around, and he's a good time. So, and yeah, he's nasty, like you said. The guy's tough to hit, and I think he's gonna be a closer in this game for for a long while. Yeah, no, I love bads, man. But I got the next thing I wanted to bring up is is your time with Pittsburgh. I mean, obviously, you could trade at the deadline. You're hitting like I think you were hitting like a three thirty clip going into the All Star break. But that's a city where I, I think it's really underrated because that ballpark's one of the best in baseball. And when that team is good, the fans there are absolute fucking psychopaths. I mean, they're like, they will roast you through and through. You saw it with the whole playoff thing, chanting whoever, I don't remember who it was, but what was your time like there in Pittsburgh? That was a good time. I mean, I grew up a lot there. Uh, broke in when I was 24 and spent five years there, five and a half. So I felt like, uh, you know, grew from a boy to a man, I guess, in other words. But, but yeah, like you said, I mean, that, that ballpark's beautiful. You know, sometimes we take it for granted. And then you, you walk out after a game and see the skyline lit up and um, you, you kind of stop and take it in. But, yeah, it's uh, that team needs to be good again because, like you said, those fans, they love it. And, you know, they live, live and die by the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know. So it's a great city with uh, great support. I just, uh, yeah, wish we would have been better during my time there. So, like, did you soak it in? Because obviously being from Georgia, I'm assuming you, you're not a big hockey guy and all that kind of stuff. But they're, they're, they're a massive hockey, like, city hockey town with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Did you go to, like, any Penguins games or anything like that? Yeah, huge hockey town. Uh, Dick, yeah, we'd go. We uh, go to a couple a year pretty much. You know, I, I live in Nashville now, so I started being becoming a hockey guy with the Preds. They're, they're a lot of fun to watch as well. But, uh, yeah, we'd go to a couple. I didn't really, um, you know, meet any of those hockey guys. Wish I had because I'm sure they're a good time. But They get after it. But, yeah, yeah, you see, you start seeing that fan support for them because they're, they're pretty legit. 
and this is completely off topic, but because I'm now I'm an Adam Frazier guy through and through, I will roast anyone that comes at you on Twitter, that my first victim is MLB.com. They did you dirty with the height. You are not five foot ten. Based off of my calculations, I'm a short guy too, by the way. I get made fun of. You're five eleven and a half. I just want to put yeah. down the record. Is there something we could do to get that changed? Because they're doing you dirty right now. We need to figure that out. Well, I feel like if I say I'm five eleven and a half, everybody knows I'm not six foot. True. But if I'm five ten, they believe it, and and I'm not less. I don't know. I can, I would love <laughs> to say six foot, but <laughs> I just. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I say next year we try to like mix it in. Hopefully no one's really paying attention. We just put 5'11 in the bio. Like we just get the 5'11. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take everything I need it. And, you know, everybody would play with twice my size. So I need all the help I can get. And I said this a couple weeks ago. I mean, you're putting on for short guys like me. I mean, I, I get roasted a lot saying I couldn't, I'm not an athlete. I couldn't do that much stuff because I'm short. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to redirect people that chirp me to your MLB.com. I mean, hitting 306 this year, putting on for all the short guys, man. Is that a chirp that fans have said to you in opposing ballparks? Like, well, is that like the number one thing they do is like they go come out the height or anything like that? Oh, yeah. You'll hear them, you know, be on deck going, getting ready to hit. And they're just uh, like, stand up, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Little things like that. Or, yeah, I mean, it's nonstop, but. It's whatever. What uh, what what fan base gives it the worst? I've heard Chicago. I've heard San Francisco. Like, what would you say is the worst? Uh, those are pretty pretty high up there. Uh, Wrigleyville's, you know, they're ruthless. Um, LA's up there. Uh, uh, San Fran is just nonstop. But uh, I want to say Philly's pretty bad. Philly's pretty bad, and uh, I don't know. Those are probably top three. To be honest, Wrigleyville's tough to get. Tough to top. So is that the worst one you've gotten is this a fan say stand up to you? Like, what's the most ruthless shit that a fan has ever said to Adam Frazier on a baseball field? Man. Um, you know, hope you die. Hope your mother dies. Holy that shit. Yeah, what? I mean, that, that, yeah, it's been a while, though. That was probably in Wrigleyville. Um, but, yeah, since I hadn't played outfield much lately, um, you, you didn't, didn't get as bad. But those guys wear it out there on the road. I don't know how they do it. And I told this to Lupo. I'm like, because obviously he gets traded to the AL East, to the, to the Rays. And he's dealing with legitimately the worst fan bases in baseball, in my opinion. The absolute scum of the earth, Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees. And I'm like, Loops, like on the bright side, they moved you to first base. You're not dealing with the absolute, like I said, scum of the earth fans coming at you on $4 beer night or whatever at Yankee Stadium. So it's all, it's a blessing. And a curse. So when you're looking at that lineup, let's say hypothetically you're playing in Chicago and you're looking at that lineup, you're like, all right, I play in second base. I'm a little bit off the hook today. Is that is that something that's, that you've ever said? Um, no, no. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it makes you want to play better. You know, it's like, sure. all right, hit me the ball. Let me make a good play and, you know, or get a couple of hits and, they, and they're not going to say anything. So let's go into the minors because we're a big minor league podcast. We've had some hilarious stories of like, I always say this in the podcast, like fans climbing light poles with machetes in their hand, like people saying I'm meeting you outside of the bus after a game and legitimately meeting players outside of the bus. What would you say is like your funniest minor league story or like story where you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like just a, just a wild shit. Oh, uh, I hadn't had any fan experiences like that. I don't think um, playing in Jamestown, New York. I saw some interesting characters you know, around <laughs> the city. Um, I would say this is a story, not, not really about the baseball park, but, um, that town, it was, 
Um, you know, just got out of college, played nice ballparks, got a lot of fans, everything. Um, we go to Jamestown, New York, probably average 150 people a night. So we, uh, we're driving to breakfast down the main strip. It's about 10 a.m., maybe a little later, and this guy's walking this way, the girl's walking this way. They just shake hands, and there's a baggie hanging out of the bottom. <laughs> about mid-morning on the main drag, and that was my you know first month of minor league baseball, and I'm like, oh, well, this ain't going to work. Like, how am I going <laughs> to you know, – I'm in cities like this. It was crazy. It blew my mind. It's it, it's still crazy to this day, man, how poorly paid and like how poorly treated these minor leaguers are. Like I've seen some stories and I think it was this year where a hotel that a minor league team was staying at was fully booked. So they had to like sleep in the, the dressing room. Oh, I don't really? know if you heard that. Yeah, it's like and obviously we have a couple of guys like a pretty good amount of guys that play in the minor leagues. They sh- will sometimes send me pictures of the meals they're eating. And it's like, what in the fuck is this, man? Uh, like it's do- straight out of prison. Do you so did you ever play so a couple towns that got absolutely roasted on this podcast? Beloit, Wisconsin. You ever play there? No, never played there. What's another one? Something Iowa. Something Iowa. Fuck. I don't remember it. Okay, so what's the weirdest town you played in then? Besides that one you just said? Jamestown, New York. Jamestown. Okay. Um Altoona gets a bad rap, Altoona PA, but I didn't think it was terrible. I think it's uh I'll stand up for them a little bit. Yeah, you you could be an Altoona guy. I mean, that's you you might have to run for mayor there. But a couple one thing, and this is completely off topic, but I had to go into this before I forgot that All Star Game video of you, of you in the car. Maybe one of the greatest video guests have ever been a part of on this show. <laughs> How did that get recorded? Was there like a green screen? Because like part of my brain is like, was Frage in a car and they just recorded that? So how did how did that come? Like what happened there? Yeah, so they had that that old Buick um, that we were in just sitting in the, you know, I don't know, I guess this room underneath the uh, course field. And, <laughs> I mean, they had green screens around and all that stuff, but I'm literally sitting in this car, um, drinking out of this cup, acting like I'm cruising. And then they put us in a desert or wherever we were. And the, <laughs> but yeah, the, the car was real. Everything was real. It was just underneath course field. That's so electric. I actually, I mean, that video I, I tweeted, it's a, it's an incredible gif. I might use it for every situation. I'm like, that's positive for me in my life. It's just an incredible gift. But when, when you made the all-star team, where were you when you found out, how did you find out? And I mean, what was the emotions going through your mind there? Um, we were in Pittsburgh and, uh, they actually got me. I mean, it was an hour before the game, which so my routine, I'm getting in the hot tub an hour before the game, then hop in the shop right after. Well, they call a meeting, and it's like right before the All-Star break, obviously, they're like, hey, All-Star protocols and BS that we got to deal with. I'm like, dude, an hour before the game, like, you could have done this earlier, you know, <laughs> yeah. what we got. So, so I'm, I'm literally getting out of the shower, and, uh, yeah, I'm in towels and stuff, and the meeting's for me. Well, I'm not the brightest guy on the block, but <laughs> so I'm just like, I thought it was actually protocols. Well, he you know, Shelton has a meeting, like, hey, I'm going to the All-Star game, whatever. And then, you know, I'm in the towels and everybody's trying to, you know, they're trying to video and put it on Instagram and everything else. And I completely ruined that. So, but no, it was a lot of emotions, just kind of like a dream come true kind of thing. So. Dude, it's, it's such a power move. The fact that one, you were, you didn't even like really get dressed for the meeting. It just goes to show it's like, I'm the alpha in the room. And then the two, it's like your teammates are trying to, 
I'm assuming they were trying to like pour water on you, can't do booze and all that kind of shit. And you're just legit in a towel. And one false move, you're on you're on OnlyFans. I mean, right. one false move, you're on you're on OnlyFans. So it's just, I mean, that's incredible. And then so who was like the first person you called? I mean, was it the pair? Like, what's going on there? Who was the first person you rang? Well, we're we're an hour before the game, so I didn't want to call mom and dad and brother. So I just sent them those three a text, the group text, hey, I made it. And then I just called him after the game. But uh yeah, so that was that was a cool part. Well, they're announcing the starters that day, that night, I guess. So it was like if I don't get named the starter, you have to wait a few more days to and then hopefully make it. So uh I found out that the show was going on during our game. So I had kind of had to let them know, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That was everybody else found out during the show. Okay. No, that's, I mean, so, okay. So you're, you just sent a group tax and they were just immediately for first book flight, but that all-star game, you were playing with your teammate now in the middle infield, you and Tatis Jr. I mean, how electric was that? The first time you ever played with Tatis and you got to see how flashy, how disgusting this guy is in the field. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Not just him. I mean, the, the whole lineup is, you know, half of them are future Hall of Famers. So it was like, you know, I'm out here on the field with these guys, and it's pretty awesome. But then, yeah, I think we turned a couple plays, double play maybe, Tatis and I, so that was cool. Um, but, yeah, the guy's incredible. He, you know, he's he's kind of like the unicorn um, in the game. You know, there's him and a couple others that are just that much better than everybody else, and it's pretty fun to be around. It's, I mean, it's honestly sick. It's just to see to see a guy like that. He he started off. I don't think he started off his career that well. Just kind of like what Vladdy's doing, and now he's just an absolute freak of nature. So, not to be biased, but he's your M- National League MVP. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody forgets that dude's only twenty-two. So it's like he's gonna keep going, and he's gonna keep getting better, and he's gonna. I mean, it's coming. It's yeah. But I think he's MVP for sure. Okay, and. Obviously, I'm biased too, just like you. I think that Vladdy's the AL MVP. Maybe you could talk me out of this here. Are you saying Otani or are you saying Vlad? Like, what side do you lean here? Man, um, I'd have to dig into those numbers a little more, but just because Otani's got a three ERA, it's, you know, that's adding a lot to the team. But Vladimir, I mean, my gosh, watching that guy hit, he almost killed me in that All Star game, by the way. <laughs> Um, almost killed Scherzer, but then almost took me out at the same time. So, and then he hit one off the scoreboard too. So it was like, I mean, that guy's incredible. So I don't know who's going to get it, but you know, give them, give it to them both for, for all I care. Dude, they're both 20. I mean, Vladdy and Fernando are both 22. I on, I can't even, I can't even believe it, man. It's the most fucking insane shit of all time. But and then I, I wanted to go into that when you, when you get traded, cause you get traded a little bit after the all-star break, I believe. Is that correct? Like a couple of weeks yeah, after yeah. So you had yeah. to trade a couple of weeks after the all-star break and part of you, I'm assuming knew that it was going to happen sooner and later. Right. I mean, did you have the hunch that it was going to be the Padres or was it like, you just didn't know where you were going to go? No, I had no idea. I mean, people have been saying, I knew I was going to get traded, but it was um, the past month. It was like white Sox, Mets, white Sox, Mets. Um, so obviously you're thinking that, you know, it might be them, might be them. And then, but the, the deadline coming up, you knew if other teams were going to get in the mix Padres were the last team I thought probably, you know, just, just looking at that lineup from the outside looking in, it's like, I mean, if any, they're not going to add anything like that uh, to their lineup or like me, I guess I should say. So then I heard it was the Mariners. Mariners came close. Um, and then, 
I guess the Padres happened first. And I, we've never had a guy that's been like a massive trade talk guy, like a deadline guy like you. And I got to tap into your mind here on that because luckily it's you and not me because I would have been the cockiest human being of all time if I had like six or seven MLB teams knocking on the door to try to trade for me. What was your thought process during the time where you're just your name is always in the news? You're always like have a random destination you might go to, like these random proposed trades. What's kind of running through your head? Are you not really focused on that? Or is like in the back of your mind, you're like, man, I got to like pack my shit up and fly to wherever in the country. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty awesome having them. You know, those teams want you like that. That was, that was a good feeling. But I knew I could control it. You know, I'd been in trade rumors for the past three years, so it was inevitable to happen at some point. But, uh, no, I mean, I try not to think about it all. I was just worried about playing good good baseball. and um, I knew I couldn't control it, so whatever happened, happens. But, yeah, definitely thinking – pack up the apartment a little bit, that kind of deal, which ended up getting traded in San Francisco um, on a road trip. So I didn't have anything packed. <laughs> they both teams had off days the next day. So I ended up flying back, packing everything up, then flying back to San Diego. So, um, yeah, a crazy couple of days. But, yeah, I try not to think about it at all. So where are you? I mean, are, are, do you have, like, your own apartment? Or are you living with our guy, Musgrove? Because Musgrove has a sweet spot, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm living with him. He's got a little guest house, and it's it's helped me out so much. And otherwise, I'd be stuck down in downtown in a hotel. So no, it's been awesome. And uh, Musgrove's apartment in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you saw. Like he post pictures of it. That might be the best place in MLB baseball. I mean, holy shit, what a spot! I wish I met him earlier because I would have like it's like a four hour drive from Toronto. I would have been there every weekend. I mean, uh, it, it was that the best place on the team, or what was like? I mean, that place was electric. No. It was great. It was awesome. You had the views, you had everything. Um, no, that was definitely probably the best spot on the team. Not many people had them, had spots. If they did, it's like their family's 25 minutes out of town. <laughs> now that was, just, he, had, he had a great, great setup there too. So you get traded to the, the Padres obviously. And with the other teams that you mentioned that were in the mix, they don't have guys that you played with just like the Padres do when you're talking about Musgrove guys that you're close with. Was that the first message you set, sent to Musgrove is like, let's ride? Like, what was the what was the first interaction or message you guys had together? Was there a couple tears shed? Like, what's the deal with that? Uh, he, he uh, like, the news went down. Obviously, I, I'm, they'd finished up in Miami, and we're flying back. And uh, we were finishing up. I don't even think the game had ended in uh, San Fran because they pulled me out. But he, I get a FaceTime. It's from him. They're on the plane, and he's all fired up. And <laughs> guys sitting around, they're all fired up so it was uh no it was pretty cool are you gonna join our uh cod brigade or what's the deal with that i mean we have me musgrove luplo we have a couple other guys but what's the deal like are, are you a cod guy i'm uh, more of fortnite still uh um, really yeah i hadn't been on call of duty in a while I, I mean i literally don't even play video games unless it is fortnite just for the conversation so um no that's yeah i hadn't played cod in a long time so Sorry, right. I respect that. That just goes to show. I mean, that's why you're in the show and I'm I'm here out here grinding a podcast because you put the work in. That's why you got to tip your cap. But and I want to one thing about Musgrove that people don't really realize is, would you say he's one of like the biggest locker room guys on the team, like the gel guy, the glue guy with the team that everyone really likes? Oh yeah, there's I don't think there's anybody that doesn't like Joe Musgrove. So, um, no, he's just a great dude. He's a great human. He loves, you know, helping guys out and everything else and um not to mention he drags his sack down the mountain every five days. He's electric. 
gives us a chance to win every night. So, um, no, he's awesome. He's electric. He is so fucking nasty on the mound. I didn't like. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't watch Pirates games a couple years ago, but just like obviously paying more attention to what he's doing, he's insane. I mean, the fact he, I believe his he was in Cy Young contention for like a pretty good amount this year with his stats and stuff. So it's good to see him have that success and all that kind of stuff. And you mentioned, wait a second, I totally forgot to even mention this shit. You fucking jump in a hot tub pre an hour before pregame. Oh, every day. That's the routine, man. You got to get uh gonna get hot <laughs> what 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 else is the routine what, what else do you do like are you ripping smelling salts maybe some dip like what's the deal with that um no i mean no i i, I will do the smelling salts yeah if it's a, you know a grind of the day you know walk out in the dugout you know about to, about to head out to the you know on the field and just everybody gets a nice rip of that and then you know that's a good good way to get going but yeah other other than the hot tub that's about it that's it. So you just so there's no music you listen to specifically, no artists. No, 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 no. It's I don't hardly ever listen to music unless it's on in the uh, you know whatever's on in the clubhouse. So pretty low key. You know I don't I don't like getting too amped. I just get the body loose and go out there and play. I don't do Red Bulls or nothing like that. So. So you're just a mellow dude, man. I can respect that. You're on like the opposite side of me. I used to be juiced up pregame. I'd step in the batter's box, immediate first pitch swing, and it would just be game over. But <laughs> I can respect the fact that you're calm and all that kind of stuff. So you've never been superstitious like ever in your career besides obviously the hot tub, the hot tub stuff? Uh, that's a different story. I mean, the hot tub's routine superstitions are ridiculous. You know, I'm, I'm, I put the, uh, the toothbrush in the same hole every day. <laughs> Put the toothpaste on the same side of the sink. Maybe switch it if it didn't work, uh, dude. I, I mean, put the put the socks on the same foot first. Maybe if you switch that if that doesn't work. I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's all all day. But see, the thing is with that, and obviously, I was the exact same way. Which is like people sometimes roast superstitions, but it's like if that's that's just a part of your everyday routine. And so, is it if? If you're missing something in your pregame routine, do you just does that like make your day feel all fucked up? If you like, if your toothpaste on the wrong side or anything like that? Nah, no, I you know because it I, I don't know, I just do it and forget about it. But then once I brush my teeth the next day, I think about it or that night or whatever. <laughs> all right, we're we're moving this. We'll try this one out, see if it works. But that's why like the routine, the pregame is simple, just just a hot tub. So can't can't change that one. And going into the, like the the first half of this year, where you were named an all star, I mean, you were absolutely fucking mashing. Part of me was trying to forecast trades to the Toronto Blue Jays for you. In my mind, I was like, "How can we make Fra- how, how can we put Frazier in my backyard here?" But that's besides the fact. When you're hitting that well, is it just the superstitions are on an all time high because you just don't want to fuck one thing? One thing gets fucked up, it's game over. Or was it just like? I'm obviously you're a mellow dude, but what, what's going on there when you're hitting that well for such a long stretch? Yeah, no, the superstitions just keep adding and adding, uh, <laughs> eat the same breakfast, uh, all kind of, whatever you do that night, do the same thing. Uh, oh yeah. That morning. I mean, it's, it's everything, every part of your day, what route you take to the yard. Um, that changes if, if it, you know, <laughs> it's, or stays the same. So, um yeah all time high and and when you're hitting that well and obviously confidence is a massive thing in the game of baseball 
Is it just like when you step up to the plate, it's every single AB is like, I'm putting a dub in the gap or I'm mashing a single up the middle. Like, is is that just the mindset you have? And like a one for four day would be bad for you when you're in a, when you're in a groove like that. Um, yeah. I mean, every time you go, it's like, I'm putting a barrel on something. Um, uh, no matter if it's in the zone, cause you're, well, you understand the zone really good when you're going well. So, um, I knew if it was just out of the zone and you'd take it, but if, in baseball, I guess it's so important not to give away strikes, um, especially with how good these guys are now. Um, but yeah, it's like every time I hit a barrel, if I, if I go one for four, line out twice, you're not mad about that, you know. But it's you take take all the hits you can get. <laughs> but, There's a couple guys on your team that are uh, we we've had a fuck ton of pirates guys now that I think about it. But one guy that really sticks out to me is friend of the pod, master friend of the pod is uh, Stephen Brault. So oh, yeah. how close how close are you with Brault? I mean, we're you guys, I'm assuming, came up together because it was like you, Luplo, all those guys that kind of came up in the system together. How close were you with Brault? And I mean, what was that guy's presence in the locker room like? Because he just he he'll talk your off, Brault. Oh yeah, yeah. Brault's always on something. Um, you know, he's he's got some interesting thoughts. We played together for a long time, so yeah, we go have a beer or two here and there. Um, we weren't super close, but we we're you know we'd hang out here and there um but he's a fun guy to be around he's always, he's always talking about something interesting so uh he's gonna keep the com- keep everything interesting you know in life so um he's a good time hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And one thing, obviously we've had Jordan Comedina on the podcast as well, the bullpen catcher. He's an absolute legend. One of the most stylish guys in baseball. <laughs> one of his things is, is he has this ongoing feud with the ball hawks in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you know about this feud. Do you know about this feud? No, I don't actually. So it's the ball Hawk. So he is one of the most. And if you search his name on Twitter, it is just a shit ton of Pittsburgh Pirates fans roasting him for not giving them balls because it's these people that are always, I mentioned it, Zach Hample, whatever his name is, the ball guy. All these guys is continue to ask him for baseballs. And what he'll do is he'll pretend to throw one up and then just immediately turn around. So there's an ongoing feud with the balls, ball guys there. Do you feel like in Pittsburgh or even at other ballparks with a name as big as yours, if you give in to signing an autograph, it's like, I got to sign 5 million autographs. Like, do you try to shy away, try, shy away from that shit during the games? Oh yeah. 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 Cause that, that happens every time. Um, I've gotten to the point now where if like, I got some BGs that are about washed up, then I'll, I'll just toss them out at the end of the game to a, a kid and keep walking or you break a bat hand it to the kid and just keep going because uh, you're, you're doing a good thing, and but you're not getting stuck signing a hundred autographs. <laughs> wow, that's such a vet move. That is such a, fu- that is an absolute fucking power move. I got to tip my cap to that. You mentioned the Mississippi state, obviously you're a Mississippi state guy. We got to go into what happened this weekend. I mean, literally theft on the football field. So I, I got to bring it up to you. I want to get you riled up here for the people listening it was lit like the guy. So I believe it was a kickoff, right? Or a punt. The guy's yeah. knee was on the ground when he touched the ball, which means the ball is dead. Right. And the refs didn't call it. Guy takes it back to the crib for a touchdown and they lost. So yeah. I, what, what happened there? What happened there? What, how mad are you? 
I kept seeing that picture where he's kneeling with the ball. And then I watched the video and they don't show him kneeling with the ball. There's just seven guys standing around the ball, high-fiving. Dude just swoops in out of nowhere and goes to the house. And I'm, <laughs> so I was like, is this real that he downed it or not? But it's, I mean, you can't, it should, the game should be that close against Memphis, to be honest. Like, come on. And yeah. you're not a Mike Leach guy. Are you a Mike Leach I, guy? Of Mike Leach. He, you know, he's one of my favorite guys to listen to talk. You know, if you, I don't know if you've seen his interviews and yeah. everything else. They're awesome. I mean, they're, yeah, they're electric, actually. But, uh, no, I think, uh, it, you know, it's only his second year. The program was a little down when he came in. Uh, they had COVID last year. I mean, come on. So, I'm going to give him a little bit of a break. But at the same time, we can't be losing to Memphis, you know. What was the football team like when you were there? Were they a wagon? Like, were they good? Yeah, that was uh, the Dak Prescott time. So we oh were. Oh my god! Top five for a couple of years. Uh, number one for a few weeks, uh, which has never happened in history. But yeah, we were. Uh, you know, we had it going on sports wise when I was there. So is that guy? I don't know if you're close with him. So is Dak Prescott like on your bucket list for guys to have dinner with? <laughs> I would say that we had classes together and stuff. Uh, but no, I mean, maybe that'll happen sometimes. I'll hear, you know, if I see something he did good and I did good, we'll hit each other with a message. So, uh, we talk once a year or so, but he's, uh, he's awesome. He's so nice. So when you, so I want you to, let's go back to the college days here for Adam Frazier. Cause obviously being Canada, our college athletics are a joke. They got 20 fans at a game, no tailgating allowed, nothing. It's an absolute national embarrassment. Give talk me through a SEC game day at Mississippi State. It's in the fall. The baseball team's not playing. I'm assuming you guys usually get Saturday, Sunday off. Majority of the time, I, I'm, I believe so. Talk me through a game day. Fire me up a little bit here. Let, what was it like? So we rarely got Saturday, Sunday off, just so we didn't go tailgate all day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we would get out a few a few hours early. Um, sometime, hopefully, you know. And then we get out, you know, they got this, we call it the junction. It's kind of like, you know, Oxford for us, they got the Grove that's famous. Um, pretty similar. You know, they're probably a little more rowdy up there. But Mississippi State is, um, it's a good time for, you know, you're tailgating all day and then you just hope to win. But the Cowbells uh, at a football stadium is next level noise. So um, it's, it's worth seeing when the team's good, at least. And what's that rivalry like? Because obviously you hear Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You, you have that video. I believe was that was that DK Metcalf who did the video of him like with the leg up pissing. Was that him? Yeah, yeah. So DK Metcalf did the the dog pissing hydrant, whatever. <laughs> but then, like two years ago, I guess it was. Two yeah. Years ago, um, who's that guy? Elijah Moore. It might yeah, Elijah, Elijah Moore on the Jets. Elijah Moore, who's a really good player. He uh, scores a touchdown, and I'm at this game, right? So does the the DK Metcalf pissing on a hydrant? Well, <laughs> 15-yard penalty. <laughs> extra point to tie the game, right? And this is like a minute to go in the fourth. Like, they make a sick drive. Dude makes ridiculous play, pisses on a hydrant. 15-yard penalty. This freaking kicker shanks the shit out of it. <laughs> Dude. But then the cat this – Mississippi State dude's just rushing the field. The punter for Mississippi State runs all the way across to the sidelines and just running down the sidelines, taunting. You know, well, one of these big dudes, D lineman or something, steps out and just rocks him. I flips him, everything. <laughs> Unbelievable moment. 
So the dude misses the extra point, loses the game because of the DK Metcalf, and then the punter dies. That's – I mean, and I'll say this, and I've tweeted this multiple times. College football, to me, is substantially more entertaining than the NFL. I fucking love college football. Like, college football is so sick. And another thing, you're from Georgia now, so are you? have you bandwagon on to the best team in college football, Georgia Bulldogs? Yeah, so – I'm from right outside Athens. Tailgating in Athens is way better than Starkville, I will t- I will say. But I grew up uh, – my dad's from Mobile, Alabama, and I grew up Alabama fan. So, definitely not transitioning to Georgia. <laughs> okay. So, you're – so, what fan? Are you an Alabama guy or a Mississippi State guy? Like, what, what team are you cheering for? So I get a lot of crap for this, but um, Alabama. Uh, you know, I just – it's – you know, it runs That's- too deep. I, I I can respect that. that. And I forgot to mention this with the All-Star break. I got to go into the suit you're wearing. You want to talk about the most stylish dude putting his fucking balls on the red carpet at the All-Star game? The turquoise suit. What was the thought process with that? What went into that? Because I know for a damn fact, you probably had that shit point picked out in your brain for months because you knew you were going to be an All-Star. What like give me Give me the background info on that. So I didn't, I didn't have it picked out for months. I, I had to make it happen first before I would uh, even let people plan trips to Denver because that's superstitious part. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, it was like, once I made it, I mean, I have, you know, I have a few suits and I didn't want to be basic. I'm like, dude, I made the major league all-star game, you know, it might not ever happen again. So I got to, can't hold back and talk to the suit guy who I use. And uh, I was like, what about something summer e like mint green or maybe like a salmon color and the mint green came out looking way better than salmon so uh i was like yeah let's let's try that one and it turned out better than i thought it would to be honest it's i mean holy shit you want to talk about an absolute fucking power i thought it's the most i thought it was the best i think you won the red carpet. like did they announce who won the red carpet i don't even know like was your suit the best one there were you like the most I who I don't even know who else would be drippy there. I Tatis maybe. <laughs> yeah, Tatis was he was up there. Uh, he's the same guy actually, but yeah, his I'll tell you, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll take that compliment. And I uh, respect it. I'm gonna name you it. I'm gonna name you the unofficially best dressed at. I mean, at the All Star game and going into that. I mean, being a guy from the South, how so? How Southern are you? Like. Are you wearing cowboy boots? Because I have one rule in this podcast. It's never fuck with a guy that wears cowboy boots. That's my only rule. Because like I said, I got almost jumped by the rodeo team in Nebraska when I was there. So what's, are you that South where you own like a pair of cowboy boots? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to hunt and fish a lot in the off season. So uh, I, I have a few pair of boots. <laughs> so we're going to do, do something in the off season. I've always had this planned. I was going to maybe ask one of our Texas guys, but I'm, I'm, I'm not a Frazier guy now. In the off season, obviously, I'm like I I wear Nike blazers. I'm like a city slicker, as, as some people would say. I'm gonna fly out to. We're gonna go. Uh, I guess Nashville because you're there. I'm gonna fly out to uh, Nashville. You're gonna give me the country experience. I'm gonna wear whatever country guys wear. I want to see how I look. I've never worn cowboy boots. I've never worn a cowboy hat. And I, what's that thing they put on the on their collar? What's that called? Uh, uh Barolo or something no idea i'm gonna i want the whole thing you're dressing me it's gonna be a whole video series it's gonna be turning turning canada country and i'm gonna be there it's gonna be all day what a fucking genius that i just came up with that by the way but that's what we're gonna do so you own cowboy boots and you're a hunter so that's uh, so that's what i'm assuming that's what you do in the off season uh yeah i do a lot of that um 
I do a lot of golfing until it gets cold. And that's about it, really. Go have a good time, go to some concerts. Nashville's got a concert about every night of the week. So that's uh, that's a lot of fun, too. Hockey games. So, so what's your what's your handicap? I'm like a 10. I wish I could say I was better, but pretty average. I'm like, I'm like a 19. So, I mean... <laughs> I, I, so it's it's not ideal especially and this is what i use the excuse i live in canada we can only go four months a year so that's why i'm a 19 have yeah. you golfed with luplo i i heard he's pretty i heard he's pretty good he shot, he shot like a 72 like three months ago i think when i uh when he was on the dl or something really uh no i think we might have a few years ago when he was with the pirates but uh it's been a while and wish i could say i progressed like he had <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we gotta get we gotta get Musgrove into golfing because I heard like I, I'm assuming he, he's not a golfer, right? No, we're working on it. He's been uh, I don't know a couple times in the past year, so hopefully we can keep that going. We gotta turn Musgrove into a golfer because he would look like I I, I don't even know how to compare it. Like he would look like just an NBA player on the golf course where they're like the clubs are definitely way too small for him. I think it custom fitted. I need to see Musgrove on the golf course. Would you categorize Musgrove as a good athlete? Or just a nasty pitcher? Like, where would you put him on the realm of that? Oh, no, he's an athlete. Um, you know, he had two hits last night. He bunted for a hit and a double. So that's that just so all day. Right there. Yeah. But no, he's, he's an athlete. Likes to do, you know, I think he surfs, skateboards, all that stuff too. So got some coordination. I'm surprised he doesn't wear hookah shell necklaces. And I said that to him. He's from Cal. I mean, I'm surprised he's not wearing the shark tail necklace. I mean, he he's def- fu- used to definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we, need to find- <laughs> we need to find a picture of Musgrove back in the day wearing the shell necklace or like the shark tooth <laughs> necklace uh, looking- uh, with his hair, like Justin Bieber hair, just long as shit wearing DC shoes, skateboarding or surfing. I guarantee you, Diane, I- his mother follows me, Diane. We're going to get that picture going. We're going to yeah. get that picture of Musgrove. Uh, on the whatever just a childhood picture of Musgrove and another thing that I am honestly I'm taking opportunity this I'll never ask you for anything on the planet you've been retired from Twitter I don't remember the last time you've tweeted what's the deal with that why haven't you tweeted in a while I do uh I feel like if I tweet I get in trouble so I just read news on Twitter okay so so this is okay never mind because I was gonna say I'm never gonna ask for anything when this comes out I guess it's gonna be, be out by the time this drops I need can I craft your next tweet? That's what I'm asking for. A, a, a good tweet. Yeah, sure. I mean, that. I'm going to craft the tweet. So I'm going to craft the promo tweet for this episode tomorrow. I'll send it to you. We're going to we're gonna get the Twitter popping again. I might even be your burner account. And I say this to all the guys. And when, when people come out Luplo on Twitter, I put them in an absolute body bag. I'll do the same for you. I'm uh, just going to – I'm going to keep my ears on the street. If anyone ever says something fucked up about you on Twitter, I got you. Don't even worry about it anymore. All right? Uh, you don't – you tell your family not to worry about it because I'm assuming most of your like your parents or your siblings always will search your name and see shit that pops up. Is that right? They do that yeah, on Twitter? Probably, yeah, I don't know. They probably do. I don't. I try to stay off that. But so I got you with that. Don't worry about that anymore. I'm I'm taking I'm taking over the reins. That's what you get. Appreciate that. Let's go into this playoff run you guys have right now. Obviously, every single game means something. You guys are playing really good teams. You're facing the Giants. I mean, holy shit, they've been a wagon this year. How unreal has it been to just kind of play baseball games where every single day is nose to the grindstone, hard hat, absolute grind? I mean, what's that been like with you, for you? No, it's been great. Uh, you know, just get some blood flow going uh, again. You know, then it was like, yeah, you get up for games again. You get locked in. You, you know, get some juices going. And 
I don't know. It's a lot more fun than San Diego's off. The crowd here is electric. So it's, uh, it's been awesome playing in front of them too. I wish we uh, could win some more games. We had a tough go at it the past few weeks, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot more fun to play baseball when it's meaningful. You know what, what it is for me that when I'll always think the Padres are absolutely nasty and like just a great baseball team is the announcer. He doesn't get a, he, he doesn't get enough credit. I really don't think when you want to talk about the best voices in baseball, when he when he called Musgrove's no hitter, when he calls a Tatis home run or a Machado home run, his voice is fucking dynamite. Am I wrong? Oh no, he's absolutely electric. No, when I was in Pittsburgh, I we get done with the game and I turn on the MLB app and I'm watching the Padres. One for Joe and one because the the announcer. He's unbelievable. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't even know what his name is. I honestly have no idea what his name is. I'm, people are going to probably roast me for this. I have no literal idea, but this guy, I want this guy to announce at my wedding. I want him to be the guy, like, I want him to be the MC of my wedding. I don't know. We got to get that, make that happen. I don't know what the deal with that is, but it is crazy, man. And then talk about yesterday. Musgrove obviously gets in trouble in the first inning. I believe he only gave up one, had the base loaded with one out. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And he got Crawford to hit in a double play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just seeing what Musgrove, I mean, his pitching has been elevated. I believe two weeks ago he pitched against the Phillies. Is that correct? And he just absolutely shoved. He told me that was the best his, he's ever felt on the mound since even the no-hitter. Maybe it was like he was even better than the no-hitter. What's it like seeing guys like that that are like even – I guess you can even talk about Tatis and Machado, but guys just elevate their games and just turn on a whole new fucking switch. I mean, how cra- how sick is that to see in the clubhouse? Oh, it's awesome. Well, he's been doing it all year, too. It's not just once or twice, but it's, uh, I mean, it's, you know, he, he's been leaving it all out there. Whether he's got it or not, he's going to grind through it if he doesn't and still give you a chance. So, um, it's, I mean, it's pretty cool to see when guys have that switch, you know. Not everybody has it. So, for guys to just turn it on and just lock in and dominate, it's, it's always fun to watch. Do you think – so, obviously, this is a chance for you to pump your own tires here. Do you – like, do you at some point realize that you have the switch? Because I have a couple stats here. You're literally hitting 360 in the month of September, and also that was when we, when we became friends, so I'm not going to take credit for it. I might <laughs> take credit for it. But you're hitting 360 in the month of September. So, do you kind of realize at some point that even, like, a guy like you, obviously, who's been raking this year, has a switch that you didn't even know about? um no i mean definitely it's there it's uh it's just a matter of you know staying in that lane and not falling out of it but uh but i which i did for about a month when i got here um but that was you know lost the swing a little bit um that that's most of if you can stay locked in with the swing then you're gonna be able to go on streaks like that yeah and then then one thing this year that i i don't know if we've had i'm assuming we've probably had a guess like this but that you you hit a walk off in Pittsburgh. I want to go into the thought process of what you're think like what you're thinking when you're rounding around the bases or when you hit a walk off like you hit a walk off in the major leagues. How fucking incredible is that? How sick does it feel to be like I just put my balls on the table against the major league pitcher? I walked the team off and I just called called game. I mean, is that the best feeling on the planet? Yeah, that's probably up there. Um... Yeah, I don't know. You're just trying around tingling, you know, and it's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's such, it's uh, such a power move. It's such a power move. And, and, and this is, again, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to talk to Google here. The first thing that pops up when I search Adam Frazier in the search is Adam Frazier height 
I'm going to get it dealed with. I'm going to get it dealt with. This is absolute bullshit. Should be Adam Frazier all-star. But number 26, I want to go into number 26 because I think that's one of the most stylish numbers in baseball. And I'm not saying that because I'm an Adam Frazier guy. What what went into that? Is that a number that you've always been, even in college? Like, what's going on there with the number 26? No, that was uh... – what they gave me when I got called up, um, you know, some guys get screwed on numbers. I kind of, somebody got let go that a week or two prior and was 26 and that's what they gave me. And, uh, I just kept it like that, but now I'm, I'm number 12 here in San Diego. And that was, that was college number. Um, uh, that's what, you know, all my handles, I guess have been for forever. So I just went back to 12 because Nola's 26 and there wasn't many other numbers to choose from. So. Did your and I could be wrong on this. Did your college team have Brandon Woodruff on it? Yeah, yeah, him, Hunter Renfro, Kendall Graveman. What uh, the fuck? What? We, had, we had like ten guys make it to the show. Uh, some guys, there's probably four or five still in the big leagues. So uh, we had a squad. Did you guys lose a game? Like, what, what was the deal with that team? Like, was the, were you guys just an absolute wagon just running through the the SEC? <laughs> um we did well we weren't we weren't the top we were probably third or fourth best in the sec and then uh you know when when it got tight at the end of the year we kind of we got rolling so we lock it in and, and get going and but yeah we had a we had a pretty serious spot so what would you say is like the most absurd stat that you remember of like brandon woodruff like he was playing a an out of conference team like did he ever go like seven innings nine innings with like 18 punchies was that uh, was no, so Woody, Woody came in as a huge recruit, um, pitched well his freshman year, and they they kind of got on him a little too much, I think, and he didn't he didn't even pitch for us in, in Omaha. Um, and that's the crazy part is we had three or four big leaguers that didn't even pitch for us that year uh, or pitch much, I guess. Uh, but then he kind of – he just hit next-level stuff once he got to about double-A, I guess it was, and realized what he had in the tank and just started – you know, turned into a new person, new bulldog on the mound. The guys, the guys, really good. Oh, he's a freak of nature, man. And cool. I, I and I mentioned, I mean, another why. And like I said, I'm not one to pump my own tires here. But in in my birth month, you're you're hitting, you hit 346 this year. So I just want to thank you for that. That's how I know we're boys because just the random shit like that. I'll be like, in the month of May, Adam Fraser hit 396. But you're going on to you're going you're coming close to turning 30, man. So I mean, what do you have planned for that? What's going on there with that? You have a big, is it going to be a big party or anything like that? Because you're born in December, right? December 17th? The, the, uh, December 14th. But 14th. the uh, – no, nah, honestly, I hadn't even thought about it. You know, I think I got buddy uh, J.R. Murphy. I think he's getting married about that time. I don't know if it's the same weekend or not, but it might be down there turning into a party or who knows. Uh, I don't celebrate my birthdays too hard. To, <laughs> we'll see. You're just, I mean, when you want to talk about absolute country guys, like that's just as country as it gets. Like just fuck a birthday. I'm it's just that's just such a power move. I just gotta it's 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 incredible. And then going into the last couple of weeks of the year, I mean, what do you what is like the feeling like in the clubhouse? Obviously, you guys have been struggling, but you got I mean, you guys got a pretty big win a couple of days ago, I believe, against the Cardinals. So what has it been like in the clubhouse? Just like everyone's locked the fuck in, like not really much fooling around going on, or is it like the same thing as it would be on game one? Nah, I mean, it's pretty much the same stuff. It's, uh, I mean, obviously we haven't been winning as much as we'd like to lately, but so that's been tough. But, uh, nah, I mean, everybody's the same guy. It's day one, really. Um, go out there, play, play hard, have fun, and see what happens. So start pressing and all that, it never works. 
True. I actually probably pressed my whole career. And honestly, man, I don't like if I do not think you want to look at my college fucking stats. It was <laughs> a, a national fucking nightmare. I'm a Cook Community College in Nebraska. And then so you guys are going to Atlanta this weekend. What is your favorite city to visit? Have you been to Toronto? I'm assuming you haven't, right? Yeah, no, I've been once uh, a few years ago. And that, that was awesome. I wish I could go back more because that place is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I like Chicago. That's a cool spot. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of cool ones, really. But I think I would say Toronto's up there. I mean, I think I think yeah. a lot of people say Toronto's like the number probably top five. But no, a couple more things, man. I mean, obviously, going into the, these last couple of weeks, and especially with how well you have been hitting, w- when did you kind of realize that you were getting out of that slump? Like being, especially being as a hitter and all that kind of stuff. When did you kind of realize, like, all right, now I'm starting to a little bit see the ball better? Like, what did it take for you? Like, did you have to make like changes or anything like that? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, finally, you like started realizing a feeling. You know, you're searching for a feeling, really. And you know, I watched my my own highlights for about the hundredth time and I'm like, oh there it is. It's right there, you know. But it took that many times watching it to find what I was looking for. Um but no it was probably a week and a half ago in San Fran. I think I had three or four hits one night. That's right I, when we met. That's literally right when we met. All right. Was, so that's <laughs> so, so, I don't know. It's uh it was a grind, dude. I mean even I don't know. I guess a little before that start feeling like you're coming out of it, but it, you, it's not like there it is. It's like close, but not exactly what you're looking for. So I don't know, man, it's baseball's a tough game. Every day is different. You feel like, you know what you're doing one day and be lost the next. So, and this is my dumb brain just coming at it again. Like I said, community college graduate, how hard has it been the time difference for you? I mean, uh, just the three hours. Yeah. I feel like I'm in a different world where I uh, don't communicate with any friends at home. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Other than that, I mean, yeah, I just feel like you're in a different place than everywhere else. It's 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 a pretty big difference, dude. It's insane to me, and people don't realize it. Obviously, we've had a, like a pretty good amount of guys from Cali and stuff like that. Even just the littlest thing is like college football games starting at nine a.m. I can't even I can't even fathom how weird that shit must be. And then you guys are the last game, so after games for you guys, you don't have you can't watch other MLB teams play. It's like you guys are the legitimately the last game every single night. So did that take a couple even in your pregame routine and shit like that? Did that take like a little bit to get used to? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I guess luckily I when I, when I got traded that we'd been on the West Coast for about a week, so. That helped um, with the transition, but yeah, it's like you get in a routine. Like I said, in Pittsburgh, I'd come home after the game and I'd watch the Padres game most of the time. So um, you're just whole, your whole day's different, you, you know, your show, whatever you're watching pregame shows and postgame. So definitely take some time getting used to, but uh, that was part of the everything, just the settling into a new environment. True. I respect. And this is why obviously I'm a big Musgrove guy and I'm going to do this for you. I, and we've had a couple big leaguers, humble brag, wear the official unofficial shirt, as you can see right now, and the hoodie pregame. I'm going to send you a hoodie down. I'm going to try to get this uh, t-shirt down. I'm going to try to get this shit down. If you hit a nuke after wearing the hoodie, I mean, I might have to start selling this shit for like 150. I might have to start going there. But I'm going to send you a hoodie down because you're a big official unofficial guy now. And this is the last thing that I wanted to bring up here. I mean, I have a proposition. Luplo is a pretty good golfer. I'm kind of dog shit. You're like a mediocre golfer. You got to find a fourth in the off season. Me, Luplo versus you and a fourth. We'll call it. I don't know what we're going to call it here. Maybe best ball. We'll call it. I don't know what we'll call it. The official, official classic. Let's get it figured out. 
right. Yeah. All right. I got to find a ringer then, you know, get on my team against Luplo, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, Luplo could be blowing smoke up my ass though. I mean, he, I mean, he, I'm assuming I saw a swing and it looks absolutely fucking electric. My swing is terrible. So I, and believe, believe it or not, I actually sold my driver. I was so bad with my driver. I had, I like had a meltdown, started punching shit and I just sold it. I sold it on eBay the next day. So I, I use a driving iron. Do you wait? Do you are you a driver guy? Yeah, uh, sometimes, but I've, I've definitely felt like that before. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, feel like snapping it or you're gonna sell it. What are you gonna do? But uh, no, it comes and goes. Well, anyways, man. I mean, obviously this is big time. Credit to credit to drunk me. If I could go back in time, I would thank drunk me for doing the FaceTime and then talking on the FaceTime. Because I'll be honest with you, I honestly, I'm telling you all my life. I don't remember a snippet of that conversation. Yeah, I just remember, yeah. I just remember legitimately FaceTiming you and Musgrove and like sister. Yeah, yeah. I actually know. I okay. Now that you mentioned, it, I remember what I said. I, one thing I did say was, if I wish I had a sister so you could date her. That's that, that's what I said. That's what, <laughs> that's what I said. But anyways, man, like I said, we're gonna get the we're gonna get the hoodie or T-shirt sent down because Musgrove's worn this a couple times. I put it posted on the Instagram. You're official official guy now, and just this is contractual now. So every single time I ask you to come on, I'm assuming it's going to be the off season. You just have to come on. Like there's just no other option. So that's, that's the deal we have going, but man, it's, it's been a pleasure to see what you've been doing this year, man. And like I said, now get ready to have a guy, a burner account on Twitter. Cause you don't use it. Yeah. People are going to get absolutely torched. If someone roasts you, they're dead to me. So anyways, man, best of luck tonight. Best of luck the rest of the year, man. And uh, thank you very much for doing this brother. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on bro. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.